Welcome to the Geek Psychology Podcast. This podcast comes from the Geek Psychology YouTube channel, where we use personality type and geek and gaming culture to help you play life better. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being you. And I hope you enjoy the show. Do social situations give you anxiety as an INFP? Well, coming up in this video, I'm going to give you five tips, things that I've gone through in my journey, learning how to be more social and how to overcome that anxious feeling of, I don't know what to do in this situation, and I don't know what other people are going to think about me, and am I really representing myself in the way that I want? All those wonderful thoughts that we go through. What's up, Legends? Sherman here from Geek Psychology, where I help INFPs understand themselves more deeply, find that spark, and live a more fulfilling, purposeful life. Social situations can naturally bring out this specific type of anxiety that we deal with. It's not fun. And yet we love to help people. We want to understand people. Our lives are so focused on the heart and how people exist in the world, specifically starting with ourselves and then replicating that out onto other people to understand who they are, what they want to do, what their intentions are, their beliefs. We actually have this brain mode where we listen with our whole brain, our whole body for what another person is thinking and feeling and who they are, their identity, how they feel about certain things. That puts us into flow, that gets us fully engaged in life. And yet, we don't want to talk to people a lot of times. We don't want to have to deal with other people and their drama and so many other things that come up through peopling. How do we balance that? From my journey, I learned that it comes with gaining more skills around self-understanding, but also, this is a word that triggers a lot of INFPs, marketing myself in a way that I want to. And that means highlighting the specific things about myself that I feel are important to bring out to like poster. This is me. This is who I am. This is what I want you to know about myself. We can't show everybody our entirety, our whole identity in the first glimpse. It doesn't work like that. So we have to highlight specific things. So we're going to take social anxiety and we're going to split it into two. We'll talk about some social stuff and some anxiety stuff and put them together. And that'll help you get over this. All right. One of the first things that you can do is to reflect on the root cause of social anxiety. So anxiety is a future focused emotional state where we have fear of something happening in the future. And that comes from our brain learning that something might happen based off the past experiences that we've had, or even the ideational experiences, the situations that we've created in our minds. So learning first, what is the root cause of all this? And you don't need to go through years and years of talk therapy to do this. There are faster ways you can do timeline work study neuro-linguistic programming. You can go into hypnosis. This is stuff that I do a lot of times with clients because this is a common theme that comes up for INFPs. And what you can do on your own is to reflect over those past situations in your life that gave you some sort of stress, these personal triggers in your life's experience that could be related to talking to people. I was riding my bike one time outside and I had a bag, a paper bag full of Aladdin's Castle tickets. I'm 38 years old, so 
you youngins probably don't know what I'm talking about, but it's an arcade. And you play games and you get the little tickets, right? So I had a whole paper bag full of those tickets. I was riding my bike and I stopped at a corner and something happened. I guess the wind took it just right and all the tickets just spread out all over the place. And a bunch of the cool people were like honking their horns and making fun of me and stuff like that as I was walking around trying to pick up tickets. That was one of the many situations, many, many situations that caused some social anxiety in my life. And I was struggling to deal with people because I was worried about being laughed at for doing something that I thought was important to me. So you can also go back, reflect over in your life in a positive way, in a positively intentioned way, not with the intention of just reflecting over it and feeling bad, but taking the, that experience and saying, this is what I did. This is what happened. There's no actual meaning attached to it. Maybe it was funny. Maybe if they put some, what is that called? A Benny Hill theme song or something like that attached to it, then it'd be actually funny. And okay, it was whatever. It's not like it's going to happen again. And even if it does, who cares? So go back into your past and reflect over that and kind of change it a little bit. Or just accept that there's a thing that happened and it doesn't really matter. It's not reflective of your identity as a person. And another thing that you can do is to question and consider how your personality traits and your experiences actually might contribute to, one, having social anxiety, this natural introspective version of yourself where you're always in downtime thinking about who you are and your identity and then using your imagination to brainstorm different possibilities connected to what could happen. So that could be a reason why you have more social anxiety than other types. But also think about how being an INFP actually contributes to you helping people. When you're afraid of what they might say or what they might do, what if you were to spin that and say, I'm afraid of not helping this person. I'm afraid of living a life where I don't actually connect with people on a deeper level to help them understand themselves. That's a way that you can reframe it so that you can live into your strengths. Now that we know the root cause, or you've delved into some of these past situations, you've reframed them a little bit, lessened the burden, the weight of them, allowed yourself to heal a little bit, because what else are you going to do? Are you just going to keep holding on to that pain or that boulder of weight, it's not going to help you. Now you got to learn how to cope with that anxiety or to change it, to shift it. And so something that I've learned that I've taught in other videos and to clients as well is practice breathing exercises. Okay, and it sounds dumb sometimes. But if you breathe in, and then breathe out for a longer count, so in for seven seven seconds out for a count of 11, you're breathing out longer, you're going to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. And it's going to allow you to calm down when you breathe out your heartbeat actually slows down when you breathe in it speeds up you can test it you can check it if you want. So breathing out longer is one thing that you can do to just regulate yourself and control one of the only things that you can control in life, your reaction to things and what you're doing. Practice breathing properly or breathing in a way that's going to help you before you go into any social situation. Just take a couple deep breaths, recenter yourself, and 
prepare yourself to get out there. And don't overdo this. Don't be like, I just need to breathe for another 10 minutes as I think about how this is going to go wrong. That's not going to help. So what you want to also do with this after you've calmed your mind and your body is to practice visualizing things going well. You have an amazing superpower with your imagination, your ability to brainstorm. So it's time to use that innovating explorer character within your psyche for positive ways. So imagine how things could go and how they could go well. And by doing this with intention, you're preparing your mind and your brain to access the resources that it needs in order to handle whatever situation happens. So go through a couple different variations of it. What if they're like completely amazed by you and they just want to know more and more about you? What if they ask you a standard question that you for some reason haven't prepared for and templatized like, where are you from? What do you like to do? What's your favorite color? I remember when I first came to Japan, someone who became my girlfriend asked me, what's your favorite color? And I said, I don't know. And that kind of just sticks with me as not being clear on my identity. I was 18 at the time. Okay. But still pretty much everything I answered with, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Part of it was because it was difficult to explain in Japanese when I didn't speak much Japanese at the time. But I should have a response for that. So practice these positive visualizations and how things could go well or how you deal with a situation that comes up that maybe wasn't going well. So you can learn to thrive and coach your brain, kind of like a director of a movie. You can say, no, 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 do it. Do it this way. Change it up a little bit. Stand straight. Act with more confidence. And your brain will more likely be ready to respond in those positive ways. Next, we got to talk about boosting your communication skills. One thing that we have going for us is our active imagination. Not active, sorry. <laughs> One thing that we have going for us is our active listening. We might have active imagination too. I like active imagination. Anyway, active listening. So it's like really paying attention and focusing and watching and studying a person as they are explaining who they are and what they want and their life. One thing that I've learned from living in Japan is the necessity of active listening. So they constantly say, mm, 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 for everything. Like it's just, I'm here. I'm part of the conversation. I'm involved in this. I'm not zoned off and just not actually listening and just waiting for my turn to respond. It's yes. Yeah. And don't just do it flippantly, but actually be there and watch them and look at their facial tone. Look at their eye accessing cues. If you're into NLP, look at their breathing, see if their face color changes when they talk about different things. You can be extremely active in listening. And we have a superpower for this. Our brain wants us to do this, and we can do it even more. We can do it better by bringing, again, intention into the process. And everybody loves to be heard. Everybody loves to be listened to and felt like they're special and paid attention to. And this is something that we often complain about is nobody understands us. Nobody listens to us. And so we can give it back to other people in a way and 
it should come back to us too. And another little tip for improving communication skills is to ask open-ended questions. Not questions that can be answered with yes or no, but why is this important to you? What's getting in the way of you achieving this goal? Who needs you to succeed with this the most? Use your mind and construct interesting questions that can allow the other person to think and to then respond in a way that builds more or creates more like fodder for conversation and interaction. One really cool thing about leveled up extroverted intuition is not just pattern recognition, but it actually creates and shifts the dynamics of a situation. So you can say, this is something that's important to me that I want to talk about eventually. And you can start to like create little stepping stones to get to that point in the conversation. And it becomes more organic and natural as you're doing it. And so that's another positive way that you can use your skills and traits as an INFP to improve your communication. Now let's focus on building meaningful, deeper connections with people. I've been able to fit myself into many different groups. I was told that I'm welcome in this group or this group many times in my life in different situations. And that's cool. It's nice to be able to like blend in as an Enneagram 9. That's very true to my type. But it's really nice to find groups of people that you really resonate with, that you like, that you share an interest with. Not to just create an echo chamber of the same ideas, but to be like, yes, we share this. This is something that we both find really important to our identity and our personality. So put yourself in situations and locations, whether they're internet locations or real life locations, that are going to be beneficial for you to meet those kind of people that you want to be around. You probably don't want to go to an accounting seminar or something like that. It's probably just not where you're going to feel alive and thriving. But maybe go to an art show, maybe go to a, a Comic-Con or something like that. Something that is like tapping into different aspects of yourself that you really like, that other people that are there naturally share those same desires and qualities and interests. I know it sounds basic, and I know it's like, of course, but how many of us actually do that? Not as many as we should. We're like, I can't meet anybody that, you know, thinks like me. Are you going to those places? Are you putting yourself in the environments that you're going to find people that are similar to you in the ways that you want them to be? If you're not taking action on it, probably not going to happen. You're not just going to wake up and there be a group of 30 people surrounding you. I hope not sharing these same interests and being like, oh, finally, you're awake. You're here. Let's talk about this thing that you want to talk about. Doesn't work like that. Gotta go do stuff. The hero must leave the Shire and go out there and learn new skills. A little tip for this is to prioritize quality over quantity in relationships. And we're very good at doing that. We're very good at the one-on-one -on -one supporting and bonding. But we do need to be in those situations. We gotta put our butt where our heart wants to be. And the last point here is to embrace your unique INFP qualities. We talked a little bit about this before, but Bring it as a superpower, as a weapon of influence into social situations. 
you need to leverage, and this is myself as well, okay? I'm not just preaching here. We need to leverage our intuition, our creativity, our caring, our sensitivity to engage with others. You don't need to just put on the proper tie and be all formal and stuff. That's just not going to fulfill you and it's not going to share your gifts with the world. We need to be who we are and we need to be more of that with the world and share that with other people. And if we're not doing that, then the world is missing out because of our boundaries or our inability to get over ourselves and share these things that are really important. And that might have struck a nerve, I know. And the, the world's not made for us. Nobody sees our value and our gifts. But we have to sell it. We have to get out there and make sure that other people see it and know it. And if we don't, how are they going to see it or know it? If we just hide our light all the time, then nobody's going to see it. And we can't blame other people for that. Yeah. Through my journey of going out to the clubs once or twice a week for seven, eight hours at a time, every week for many years and going to just any time that I could put myself out of my house, almost any time, I would do it because I knew that it was important to me to get over my own stuff, for me to be able to talk to people and express what's important to me so that I could meet the people that I want in my life, so that I could create the connections, so that I could do this YouTube stuff, for example. All of these things come from having that big desire to get over my social anxiety. And through all of this, I've recognized that I didn't have to be somebody else. It's so cliche, it's so dumb in a lot of ways, but I practice all these techniques and learning how to talk to people and learning how to present myself. And then after I got through all that, then I was finally able to be like, oh, let's just, now I'm more capable of being me but I've added on these little like skill sets. I've spread out my talent tree a little bit, my skill tree. And because of that, I can share more of what's important to me and more of who I am. But I had to learn these basic skills of how, what to do with my hands and how to present myself and how to not make a fool up out of myself every time I try to talk to anybody I'm remotely interested in so many times. And that's okay. Those are learning experiences, okay? Treat them as that. Treat it all as failing forward, as a complicated success. The only way that you fail is when you stop. If you give up, if you say, oh, I can never be good at this stuff, at socializing and talking to people, and I'm always gonna have this anxiety. If you've given up on that, then yes, you've failed. But if you treat it as, well, this is a sign that what I'm doing is not working, so I need to try it in a different way. That's all it is. And if you can take it as that and be like, my heart's pounding right now. Am I nervous? Am I excited? Maybe I'm just thinking of all the wonderful possibilities and I don't know how to contain myself. Maybe I need to just stop, take a second, breathe a bit, reframe how I'm thinking about things. Maybe I need to practice my approach, practice talking to people in certain ways. Maybe I need to go home stare at myself in the mirror, give myself a bunch of affirmations, and practice having a conversation with myself. These are all things that I've done. Maybe I need to try hypnosis. Maybe I need to not drink. 
when I go socialize. Maybe I need to drink more coffee. Maybe I talk better when I'm a little caffeinated. All sorts of things. And the only way that you're going to know what works is if you track it and test it and keep going through it again and again, not treating it as a failure, but treating it as a complicated, soon-to-be success. With these tips, you're ready to go conquer your social anxiety. And if you want more support, more help as an INFP, you can check out a video on one of the sides. And I wish you the best of luck. And it's an important thing that you get over there and you start talking to people and you find somebody that is going to resonate with you in the way that you want and that you just enjoy life a bit more. All right. Have a good one. Peace. Thanks for listening, and I hope you got something out of it. I know that by listening to this podcast, it means that you're ready to take your life to the next level, and I'm so excited to help you do it. Whether you're struggling with anxiety, lack of motivation, or you're just looking for your spark and purpose, I have many courses and a one-on-one coaching service available to you to help you get out of your own way and be happy. So head on over to geekpsychology.com to get started. See you there.